Hey everyone, and welcome to the very first Pixels for Breakfast pod. I'm your host, Pixels for Breakfast, former game journalist, current game developer in Tokyo, Japan. Joined by game designer Blue. How's it going, Blue? How's it going? Pretty well, pretty well. well let's just get this out of the way. This first one's going to be a bit trashy. We are basically just getting one out. Uh, regardless of quality, um, but hopefully it is pretty decent. But the idea of this podcast is to sort of discuss uh, in further depth the news of the week that we found interesting based on the breakfast wrap videos that I do on YouTube every week and uh, just talk about what's happening in the channel and the games we're playing and see where it goes. So uh, yeah, basically um, this week in gaming has been kind of all over the place. The big news obviously is the PlayStation 5 reveal and the Nintendo Direct that focused on third parties. But before we jump onto those meaty bones, let's uh, let's touch on a few other things. Um, now, Blue, I don't know if you've got anything to say about this one, but the uh, EA has announced that they're killing off the origin name, which I can already hear a bunch of PC gamers rejoicing around that. Um, personally, I'm a bit ambivalent. I didn't mind EA origin too much. It matters, and at the same time, it doesn't matter. So many platforms have changed their names and then come back from it, right? Like Battle.net attempted to go to blizzard launcher oh my god before public outcry like immediately like overnight just turned that back into battle.net like i mean i think that's like what's in the name i think that's pretty indicative of just the power of blizzard fans or at least they used to have but just yeah. from a business sense who the hell thought that getting rid of the name battle.net was a good idea like that is the best name it's so crazy for a gaming platform well story, right absolutely and they have the legacy for it as well it's for the same people who decided that yeah warcraft 3 we're just gonna overnight neuter it out of the blue um, too soon. <laughs> but that's probably going a bit off topic here. I don't think that killing the name off is the big news here. I think it's more the fact that EA is losing faith in the product and are putting things on Steam. Yes. Like that's, I think, the bigger piece of yeah, this. Yeah, so they've been slowly sort of migrating all of their uh, products over to Steam, uh, starting off with the the paid things. They've strategically hung on to Apex Legends, which is their, their cash cow free-to-play title right now. But it, mm-hmm. what is also interesting to me, as you said, like they're losing faith in the product, but also we we have just saw uh, a couple of weeks ago, they announced that uh, EA Game Pass, uh, which was their sort of subscription yeah. thing, is coming to Xbox Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. EA Play, sorry. Yeah. I think yep. it's called EA Play. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, or they're just throwing their games onto these other services. So it kind of makes sense that Origin would dissolve, would dissolve, but they're not getting rid of it entirely. They're um no. they're just changing it to the EA desktop app and what that actually means, uh, we don't really know yet. But yeah, I thought I thought it, it was pretty interesting. Mm, for sure. For anyone who's EA fans, it's good news for the most part because it means your games are gonna be more available more readily. Yeah, totally. And especially like uh, I know that um the people who watch the stream will be like, Oh, Game Pass, but like especially if you're already on that Game Pass subscription, it doesn't matter what yeah. platform, like to get, you know. Battlefront 2, for better or for worse, coming through. The Battlefield games, The Sims. Like, there's a bunch of actually really good content that's quite highly priced coming through that service now that a bunch of people will now get to experience as part of their subscription model. Mm. The Sims alone is absurd. Like, think (laughs) about how many hundreds of dollars the sims are and obviously not all of it's going to be available on game pass at any yeah single i assume they're just going to give you that, they're going to hang on to expansion yeah they're going to give you that but, base game and then uh want you to buy all those stuff packs and expansion packs and yeah god knows what other packs that games i i can't keep up with the release cycle of that game it's pretty wild there was a knitting expansion yes i did hear followed by star wars expansion and like the tonal difference is absurd yeah the, the sims community is pretty hardcore but that's that's for another story they're for also- another time i think 
No, yeah, completely. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, we also got confirmation uh, that the Oculus Quest 2 is a real headset and is coming out. It was originally leaked uh, online um, via the Facebook Blueprints uh, website. Somebody grabbed it, nabbed it, uploaded it to YouTube. Uh, so then uh, Facebook came out and said, yes, this is real. Here it is. Here's the uh, trailer. Um, the Oculus Quest, for those of you who don't know, is a, a untethered VR headset. So it has all its hardware hardware based inside the headset itself, which is pretty awesome for pushing VR as a medium forward. I don't know. Have you used a Quest before, Blue? I have not, and I'm so jealous. And I hate these people because I really want the Quest, and now I want the Quest too. <laughs> but I basically think of it as the PSP or 3DS to the Oculus, right? Yeah, like- totally. It, it's just, um, just, as someone who has a VR headset, I never use it because I have to plug it in and have cables everywhere and then mm-hmm. it looks like mm-hmm. real messy. So I put it in a cupboard and then there's there's got to be some mm-hmm. reason that I actually use it. So to have a headset that you can just chuck on and it essentially works with a bunch of content is like really awesome. And then to see them take that idea and ramp it up with a new, they got a new Snapdragon processor in there, which has double the amount yep. of RAM. So it's going to be able to run some more of those heavy games that it, the original couldn't run. Um, but the really cool thing is you can buy the PC uh, cable link, which will allow you to play, I'm mm. pretty sure, all of the VR-ready games that um, Oculus support, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, it defeats the purpose of the Quest. But if you are a power user who most of the time can't be bothered plugging in the cables um, and you only sort of pull it out to play something like Half-Life Alex, I think that's a pretty awesome prospect, right? I mean, setup cost is something very important. You don't, you don't use sets like the oculus or the vive casually but the quest sounds like you can sit on the couch and use it yeah like uh let me just pull up i think it was 299 dollars, which you know in, in an age where you've got new consoles being announced the same month uh well not the xbox series s but you know the, the mainstay of the x and the ps5 mm-hmm. a lot double that price and you've got the new yep. rtx cards also uh double that price you know it makes it seem like oh that's actually attainable that's something that I can buy the family for Christmas, you know, like how yeah. like families would buy a PlayStation console for all of their kids. You can now buy a Quest in yeah. that sort of same category. Well, 299 US is like Vita launch range, right? Yeah, I think that was about 299 Yeah, like Vita was a bit more expensive. The handhelds were usually 200 250 US. Mm-hmm. Um, Vita was a bit over that, I believe, from memory. And yeah, Quest 2 seems like it's fitting itself into that market, which... I hope it's what VR needs because the prevalence of VR has already put some advancements into like development. It's made people think about games in a slightly different way. We haven't seen anything amazingly unique come out of it yet. Like I'll argue that maybe Beat Saber is really, really cool, but yeah, um, I think the technology needs the consumers to push it now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, companies are a bit done buying in on the the promise of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking yeah. at when we developed VR games back when I was at Fellow Traveller, like, I, I still maintain that while gaming is cool and gaming is, you know, always the power user, like, a gamer will typically have the bleeding edge of technology. The The thing that makes VR work is my mum wants to use it. My mum who hates computer, like, mm. there needs to be some sort of killer mm. application, uh, whatever that may be. It may be something social. It may be... Uh, you know, something that um, makes life a little bit easier. Uh, it needs that yep. sort of application instead of these niche markets. Because let's face it, like VR gaming is cool and it's pretty big, but it's still a very niche market. And then as a developer, 
you know, spending the funds to make that, like you, it's a, it's a hard uh, ask for the return on investment. So um, that's why I personally was like, oh, this is actually really a good thing for VR when Facebook bought yeah. Oculus, but they haven't really done yeah. anything with it yet. But the Quest, I think, is no. a step in the right direction for sure. The, the lower price point, making it, trying to make it as accessible as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't imagine VR has earned anyone any money yet. I don't think any company that set up a VR division has earned any large sums of money from it. Yet. Yeah, like I think it's all still angel investors, right? Like, yeah, surely, like even Valve would be still yeah. paying back the initial uh, R and D yeah. costs on the Vive, R and D. Let alone definitely, they've so, only released Half Life, Alex, and Portal, the the whatever that Portal mini game collection thing was. Um, mm, it's interesting mm. for sure. Like I definitely think mm. it's the future of something. I don't necessarily think it's the future of gaming, but I don't necessarily not think that. Like the technology is absolutely amazing. The the hard hard mm. sell is like I can sit here until I'm blue in the face. Get it? Because your name's blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, mm-hmm. and and tell you exactly why it's so amazing and the feeling and emotion that I have when I use it, but you still don't understand it till you've tried it. And uh, no. getting it in front of people that isn't in a shopping mall or a well, especially in 2020 when you're not allowed to go to shopping malls anymore. Like it's it's yeah. it's a hard thing to really convey why people should care about this technology. So here, um, a very related but a bit of a tangent thing. Here's one thing, right? You talked before about non-gaming applications for VR, and there's been a couple out there that's been really cool. But I think something like the Quest 2 facilitates, for example, I've heard of people, uh, real estate agencies having mock-ups of houses that you can walk through in VR, but you have to go into their, you start to go into their showroom to be able to get that Uh to happen, right? Imagine if the Quest 2, the real estate agent can come to you and bring it with you, and then you can do a walkthrough that Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's the... That'd be amazing. That's the sort of stuff. Like, that's the kind of stuff that needs to push this technology ahead. It needs to come out of the gaming sphere. Gaming's going to give it its opportunity to grow because a lot of people see the potential in that. But what's... I, I think what's going to make a lasting impact as far as VR is concerned is some of the non-gaming Oh, absolutely. Like, now that I'm living overseas away from my family, like, looking at, um, there's a bunch mm. of social games on, on uh, Steam. I can't think of the names of them right now because um, I didn't know we were going to go down this tangent. But they're, they're really <laughs> interesting and a good social space to, to meet and, and play with your friends and people, but it's also full of randoms that are trying to lure kids into dungeons mm-hmm. or something. Like, it, it all feels a little yeah. weird and unsafe and nefarious, right? But, like, mm. even having something as simple as I could watch movies via Netflix with my family in, like, this VR space that yep. has some cool social interaction yep. features, like, that's way better than yeah. jumping on a, uh, you know, a FaceTime call and watching Fast and the Furious or something. Like, having ways that people can connect, especially now at a time when people are having trouble mm-hmm. connecting with people because it's unsafe to do so in many places of the world. Um, like, if we had these applications, like, I think that's when VR could really take off. Um because, yeah, like, games is fun and all, but, like, not everyone wants to buy yep. a couple of grand worth of uh, equipment uh, to get into not. Half-Life Alex, right? I, I think one of the most successful VR uh, applications out there is VR Chat. Yeah, right. Like, by leagues and yeah. leagues. And that's saying something. In terms of success. Yeah, yeah, so... It's about the social, definitely. Speaking about making games a little more accessible, though, Xbox Cloud has launched this week, which is really interesting. Um, So uh, Xbox Cloud, obviously you can play a bunch of Xbox games, uh, 175 
172, sorry, 172 games <laughs> out of the launch gate, which is pretty amazing. Um, basically, anyone with an Android device uh, can just stream like Gears of War 5 or in the Blind Forest, State of Decay 2, Halo, Sea of Thieves, like all of these huge tempo games on an Android device. Um, because the Xbox controller has Bluetooth built in, you can just connect a, a Bluetooth controller to that or you can use one of those mobile handheld controllers. Um, like there's a bunch of different options out there to you. Uh, and those who subscribe to Game Pass Ultimate get all of that for free. In, well, not free, but it's included in their subscription. Um, so I've actually been trying it out for a couple of weeks. It was in beta, now it's out. Uh, and I it's not supported here in Japan. Um, so I'm using a VPN. And even through the VPN, it's like, phenomenal being able to be outside playing like this amazing 4k game obviously it's not in 4k on my yep. phone but it's running like as intended which we've obviously seen stadia try to do this um we've seen nvidia yeah. nvidia now or whatever their service is called doing this against developers wishes but um it's definitely one of those things where you're like ah oh, this is where it's going hey eh? this is why Microsoft don't really care if, if you buy the uh, X, they want you to buy the S because they just want you to use this streaming service, right? I don't know if I have anything more to say about that. It's just really interesting that the promise uh, that they sold actually doesn't seem to be bullshit. It seems to be working and it seems to be pretty solid even through a VPN. So I can only imagine in America yeah. or I think it is supported in Australia um, that it's even better. Mm. Have not tried it don't really have the urge to try it i'll be honest I, that's not how i game but having said that this is a monumental step forward well we look at like when you yeah, th this is you crazy. were using um parsec to play monster hunter from a laptop yeah yeah from my machine in japan oh, no no right? i i believe i believe in cloud yeah. play uh I just don't want to do it on my phone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean. But yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine that they're going to expand this, right? So if if they correct, offered this correct. service so you could do this on your PC and you don't have to upgrade your PC every couple of years, like that's an interesting concept. Well, didn't they say that the Microsoft Dream is effectively that you see something on, as an ad on TV and you just tell your TV you want to play yeah. it? Yeah. And then it just Which does it. Which is interesting like, why yeah. they're not supporting Chromecast yet. I wonder if Stadia perhaps are blocking that because that's how Stadia is working. Uh, maybe part of that might be that they don't want to muddy the message too much with a new console coming out, which hooks up to your TV. Yeah, also very true. There, there's a lot of business reasons for why that could be the case. Maybe it's not ready for that kind of... So when you put something out on phones like this, Yes, you open yourself up to a huge market, but not as much of the market. Not not that much of the market's going to adopt it immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there has to be server strain with yeah. this, so it works well now. But will it work the same way when any TV can do it? Yeah. Well, the big strain for them and, right uh, now seems to be that Apple allowing the service to be on their devices. Yeah. Well, Apple. Uh, there's a lot going on over I there. I right want. Now. There's a lot going on over there. I think they're too established to really be shaken from the top but i want to believe that we live in a world where like six months from now we see some backlash from it and apple suffers yeah for some of these decisions that they're making right now because it's very anti-consumer yeah right? absolutely um and and capitalism tells us that when you're anti-consumer the consumer bites back but i i think they're just too established i don't think enough of their consumer base will care yeah I think at the end of the day, none of this will matter and that the developers and companies like Microsoft will bend over backwards to be on the Apple platform. Yeah, yeah I think so too. It's Historically speaking, There's that's too many people just uh, ingrained in the iOS 
landscape. Yeah, yeah, it's it's too big to ignore. I'm saying this as someone who's been using Android for well since the mm-hmm. very first Google Nexus phone, and I'm actually looking to go back to Apple because I'm kind of over Google's bullshit. But <laughs> then this sort of thing is happening, and it's a bit like oh, this is no good option for me oh. right now. You have you have other options. Yeah, I mean, I could go um, Huawei. Yeah, like the United States' uh, alienation of China means that you have Xiaomi and Huawei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not bad options per se. Yeah. You do lose access to the Google Play Store, yeah. but... Yeah. Eh. It's, it's an interesting time for any sort of... Uh, like, even just social media right now with TikTok and like, oof. Anyway, let's not get into all that stuff. Let's stay on video games, right? Um, sure. <laughs> Rocket League is uh, going free to play next week. It's going to be available on the Epic Game Store because Epic did acquire Psionics. I think that's their company name from memory. Um, they they did sure. acquire them. Uh, but as part of that, uh, Rocket League will no longer be sold on Steam as of uh, the 23rd of September. Uh Interestingly, anyone who has bought it on Steam, um, and I'm assuming this is just because it's so insanely big that they couldn't, there would be riots. Um, any future update to the game will be delivered to those Steam users, but the game will no longer be available for purchase. All players will be asked mm. to link their account to the Epic's Game Store, uh, and that will allow them to get some unlocks and those sorts of things for having the game. Uh, but anyone who does download the game, in the first week over on Epic, we'll get a $10 discount coupon for the Epic Game Store. So if you want to save 10 bucks off any game that you're looking to buy over there, uh, then I would go ahead and just do that, even if you own the game. Once again, I don't think that we really need to dive into this any further. Business deals are being made. Epic continue to grow and grow their platform. Love it or hate it. it I don't think it's going anywhere, at least not anytime soon. Um, although... It is the things like Epic uh, fighting with Apple where they're going to be losing a lot of revenue. Like it seems like they're doing a lot of things to rock the boat. And while they have the 10 cent money, who knows if 10 cent want to be on that fight. But once again, with the politics at play between China and America, who knows how any of that's going to shake out. So I don't know enough about Epic. Like they're so ambiguous. They, they have, they have Fortnite money, right? Yeah. Which that doesn't mean anything to me, but like people have said, Fortnite money is the same as World of Warcraft money, and that means something. To yeah. Me. Um, yeah. You know, like Epic are in a position where they can just piss money for like five years and not even. Blink yeah, it. and that's before they even touch their so, investments that they got from other companies yeah. when they were down so, and out. So, so they're they're they're. I don't think any decision they make right now is going to be financially detrimental to them, and everything can be an experiment, and they're still fine. Um. Especially because I don't think Fortnite's going away anytime soon. I think they're making very good decisions with that yeah. IP. I feel like no one's really talking so. about Fortnite the way they used to, but it's still just as popular and growing. It's growing. It, it's growing because it's not stagnating. It's not the same thing. Fortnite season, whatever it is, is not the same as season ago, and it's not the same as season before yeah. that. Like, like mechanical changes to deep mechanical changes. Not just like, oh, here's a well, new not only island. That. Well, no, no, no. I actually talk, I'm actually talking about the social uh-huh. changes. Like, every time a big season comes, there's a big social event. Yeah, that's true. People, like, hundreds of thousands of people were watching a black hole waiting for an announcement. Yeah, like, that's just wild. There was a concert set in Fortnite that was wildly successful. Bloody movies are being premiered right now, you know? Yeah, Fortnite is doing what we talked about that we said VR should be. Yeah, right. 
And hey, it's got yeah. ray tracing as of today, I'm pretty sure. So it's going to look even nicer. <laughs> hey, the technology is even, yeah, even the technology is improved. It, it, it's obviously sitting on a very, very powerful and very, very good engine. And the people working on the engine are making the game. So yeah. yeah. Best um, case scenario. No, around, I, um, right? the thing that's happening with Rocket League is something that's happened millions of times. Before, uh, not millions, I'm exaggerating. But like has happened so many times before of things coming onto Steam. No one ever bats an eye at, it, at that kind of thing anymore. It, the only reason this is making any kind of headlines is because it's epic. Yeah, absolutely. And and PC gamers uh, so, definitely yeah, cool. hate Good the on them. Game store. They do. And you know what? In this case, they're not even Steam Rocket League users, I believe, are still dwarfed by PS4 Rocket League users. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, eh, like, go and cry about it if you're really upset. <laughs> You're getting everything you want out of the game anyway. It just means you can't buy it for your friend to play on Steam anymore. Yeah, yeah. They're being very nice. Psyonix is being very, very nice about this. They could absolutely mandate that your account will be transferred over for free to the Epic Game Store and you have to use the Epic Launcher. Yeah, they're not. exactly. Def that is absolutely within their rights and they're not yeah. doing that. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Moving on to some other... An interesting story here. Uh, <laughs> an actual load of do, crock, Do you want to lead this one or should I? <laughs> Uh, you lead it. I don't know what to think about this yet, really. Okay, so Ubisoft were uh, working on a game called Gods and Monsters, which basically looks like a uh, Greek Breath of the Wild clone, if I'm you know, being honest. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it looks fairly interesting. Anyway, it's been teased and, and trailered and gameplay shown for like a, a quite a long time now. It's been around the fringes of discussion uh, and we're getting closer towards its apparent release. And then they came out and they said, hey, we have a new name for this game. Um, here's the game. Look, it's looking amazing. And it's now called Immortal Phoenix Rising, which sounds like a really bad game on the Google Play Store. And everyone was kind of <laughs> like, uh, what? Ubisoft, what are you doing? Uh, and then since yeah. then, uh, we, we've had court documents that, show that Ubisoft's trademark application for Gods and Monsters was actually contested by Monster Energy. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the 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 energy drink. The the one yep. that powers Daryl Dixon and Death Stranding. Um, so they've sort of been fighting against this apparently. Uh Ubisoft has since come out and said no, 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 that's not why we changed it, guys. No, no, it's just, uh, you know, the further we got into the game, we decided that it, it needed a change because it was more mature. That's why we called it Immortals Phoenix, spelt with a Y-X. Rising is a more mature. Spelt with an F. Yeah, F-E-N-Y-X. -E yeah. Which then also makes me just, I know it's spelt different, but it makes me think of Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War. But anyway, um, it's just like, yeah, it needed a more mature name. And I'm like, that does not scream maturity. And I, surely this is tied to those those court documents that were leaked, right? Like, I don't really see them just deciding. Like, Gods and Monsters is a baller name for a game like this, I think. Gods and Monsters is a very generic name as well. Well, it's better than Immortals Phoenix Rising, which sounds like it's workshopped for, Probably. Uh, you know, Probably. Uh, app store optimization. I, I absolutely think that the legal pressures were a part of this. But I also don't discount the fact that they might have been looking at a name change anyway. It's possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's a bit late in the cycle to, late, to that's, name change. That's the thing you don't that, do marketing. Yeah, that's the thing I yeah, see. Honestly, yes, absolutely. You don't do marketing and then decide to change the name. That's not how it goes. Unless you have something like 
project God and Monsters in front of it, right? Making it very clear that you yeah, haven't yeah, decided yeah. on the full name for it yet. That has happened in games before, but this is not how it's really being presented. No, the legal pressures absolutely have to do with this, but I will also say, as with any game development, they have a short list of final names, and I think it was very easy for them to just fall back on something and say, and say words on that. I don't think it was a big... I don't think they were greatly put out by it. I think they were just deciding, fuck it, we don't really want to pay any kind of legal fees associated with this. Yeah, I guess that's also true. We don't know how out, hard basically. Monster Energy were planning um, to fight that, right? Yeah, and n maybe neither did UB, and maybe they just decided it wouldn't break our backs to change it. We can spin it this way. Why not just do it? This rem this reminds me of Scrolls. Ooh, that was that one annoyed right? me. <laughs> Th this reminds me of Scrolls. For those who don't know, Scrolls was a... Yeah. It was like tactical card. Was it card game or was it just tactics? It it had oh, yeah, cards yeah, it involved. Creators of Minecraft, but I don't know if and it was yeah a tactical yeah. game that had scrolls, not cards yep. actually, and that's why it was called scrolls. Specifically, while Notch was uh, still involved, and then Bethesda were like, "You can't call it yeah. scrolls because we make Elder Scrolls, and uh, we're going to take you to court." And they fought them for that. Yes, that one was fought. That one went to court, uh, and that left such a bad taste in Notch's mouth specifically. Mm -hmm. He walked away from yeah. it and just said, "No one's ever seen this." Yeah, game. and the game kind of died on the vine. I mean, a bit petulant. That's in a, but I mean, that's notch in a nutshell, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also understand it, right? Like, someone oh, yeah. wants to be petty about a name like that. You're like, ah, screw all this. It's not worth the effort. Yeah. What was, um, there was what, another um, name that King tried to um, trademark. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, uh, I don't remember the name of the game, but it, it was related to the Candy Crush stuff. Um, um, and they tried to trademark the game that they effectively stole yeah. Candy Crush from. Because the, the there was another game that someone said they had made in their own time for their own personal reasons. And it was a personal game. They, they like talked about the development of it and how it related to... Like there was like, I don't know, a parent that might have been going through cancer or something like that. And it was something they worked on in their time to kind of like vent creative energies out. Uh, and this was dated before Candy Crush. Mm. And then King tried to retroactively like get rid of the other game's name. I don't remember what the name of the game was. Oh, so yeah, it was Candy something. Here we oh, go. Yeah. They also tried to trade. This is the one I was thinking of. They tried to trademark the word Saga, and then they were fighting oh, against Saga. Yeah, right. They were fighting against the Banner Saga. You know that um indie yeah, detective yeah, 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 series. Yeah. yeah, and I remember being like, "Are you serious right now? Like, what is going on?" There's a gigantic saga series in japan yeah 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 yeah. well the, apparently they were yeah. going after bubble witch saga pet rescue saga pyramid solitaire saga um which yeah. not that i not agree with this but i could see those games in particular because they are mobile games right yes. but they were fighting yes. konami over animal saga and they were fighting uh ign entertainment over paper saga which i guess was mm -hmm. a game that ign were involved with uh arcana saga and then yeah banner saga so this stuff happens, but... Um, this stuff happens a lot of times. Yeah, it's just... Uh, I don't know. It's very high profile for a game that is getting a lot of buzz right before release to quickly say, mm -hmm. yeah, this is the game name, and it's also not mm -hmm. a very good name. Like, people are not happy. The thing about Monster is, as well, they claim that their name is big in uh, esports, which yep. it is, but their esports team doesn't run the name Monster. Oh... Right? Yeah, I actually don't know. I don't know anything about their esports. Because a lot of the energy drink sponsor uh, uh, esports teams 
most of them don't run the energy team, the the energy drinks name. Red Bull's the only exception. They used to run under Red Bull. Right. Okay. But what I mean is, like, for example, Evil Geniuses was an energy sponsored. Right. Yeah. Energy drink sponsored uh, team, which I don't even remember what the name of the energy. It might have been Monster. It might might literally be the one I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's not. You know, Evil Geniuses isn't an energy drink. Um. So yeah, it's very interesting that Monster decided here and now to do this. The other. Another thing is, Gods and Monsters is literally a comic name as well, you know, like, that had a, um, a full-length animation adaptation. It's a Disney one. Uh, Disney, DC one, sorry, not Disney. Yep, yep. Um, like, literally, Gods and Monsters, uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters was the name of it. So, there's a, like, it's so generic, and it's one of those things where these are generic words. How can you copyright them? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, especially in the con- in context of the game, which is, you know, obviously about Greek gods and monsters, yeah. like, it kind of makes Precisely. sense. It does, absolutely. All right, the big news. The big news that happened during the week was the PS5 was finally revealed to be coming out mm-hmm. November 12 in most territories. Some of the other territories will be coming out uh, a week later. Uh, there are going to be two versions of the console coming out. It is going to be a discless version, and then mm-hmm. also the uh, the other version that'll have a, a Blu-ray drive, four ninety nine yeah. for the Blu-ray version and three ninety nine for the discless version. Um, pretty sure that most of the pre-orders are already sold out. Everyone's very very yep. upset about that. A lot of bots grabbed it. Um, you know, we 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 had already heard on the grapevine that stock was going to be low for this because of COVID concerns about getting everything ready in time. Um, Say lovey. Yeah. Yeah, so it seems like, you know, if you want one, you're going to have to be very lucky to get one before release. Yep. During that, they announced some games or showed some games. Um, so we're just going to mm-hmm. quickly run through that list before we talk about something that I do want to sort of bring up there. So Final Fantasy mm-hmm. 16 got a reveal mm-hmm. trailer, and I'm not it a did. huge Final Fantasy fan, um, but it looked brutal. It looked real brutal, um, yeah. at least for that series. So that was pretty cool. We had Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, gameplay showed. It looked like more Spider-Man, slightly cooler. Like the look of that. Yeah, but it's also coming to PS4. So the main reason why I would have wanted to get a PS5 at launch, if I had a PS4, I wouldn't need one. So we had Call of Duty Black Ops gameplay. And what a Call of Duty it was. <laughs> that was such a Call of Duty trailer. It, it was and the I don't, most it's Call not of Duty Call trailer. of Duty. It's, it's Call of Duty, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, it was just like... I, I did appreciate how they kind of uh, had a jump the shark moment almost. Uh, Absolutely. The, yeah, it was jump the shark where they yeah. look like they're going to drive the truck onto the plane and then they just it's, throw it's, this like remote control RC, on the tarmac. Yeah. <laughs> it is wild. I, the only thing that was running through my head was Fast and the Furious. Yeah, 100%. It definitely feels <laughs> like, like they, they know that what people want from this series and... Um, I, I actually really appreciate that. I might actually play this one, you know? Sure. Um, Not my speed at all, but I, it is a trailer for the people who like these kinds of games. Yeah. And I think um, they did a good job with presenting that. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm. We also got Resident Evil Village. Uh, we got a second trailer for that, which had this really mm-hmm. weird Tim Burton-esque animation for some of it. Um, mm. I'm... Very absolutely nightmare intrigued, for Christmas. Intrigued by this. I really want to see what they do with it. Did you play seven? 
I haven't Bishop? played seven yet, so like I'm slowly mm. running through all of those on my Twitch channel. Yeah. Um, but I haven't got to. Well, you might want to skip ahead if you want to grab eight anytime near its release because it's it's directly following. Yeah. See, I I it's remember I've played six yeah. and it's terrible, so I might just finish up five and skip to seven. Go straight to seven. Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, I can always come back to six because yeah, I will want to play that mm. on stream when it comes out. I I just love how they keep reinventing and pushing that series forward because it definitely stagnated, sort of in the middle there, and then four came out, and then five was kind of like ah, oh, it's kind of like four, but not as good. But the co-op's nice, and then six was just a disjointed mess. It seems like there's always one really good Resident Evil, and then it slowly regresses into just decay. And then they that's, come out swinging with a new thing and it's really good again. That's a bad sign for 8, though. I, it is a bad sign for 8. I hope that they buck that trend. But, I mean, they're also doing that trend with the remakes. Like, 2 was phenomenal and then 3 was uh, a bit... Eh, if There's it, a if, lot to be said yeah. there, uh, which is that 4 was really good because they decided to properly genre shift and not kind of halfway genre shift. Yeah, um, for sure. And 5 and 6 are really good for different reasons than the traditional RE experience. As you said, the co-op was good. And I believe 6 has a really, really engaging, like, just drop-in, run-a-scenario setup, which is not what most people get RE for. Resident yeah, yeah. Evil is not known for that. But apparently it's, it's, like, really cool because you get to play as characters that you don't normally get to see mm-hmm. in the game. Like, I believe in 6 you can play as Wesker. Yes, I think that's, that is correct. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um... So what I will say in defense of the Resident Evil series is that not all of them are hits because not all of them try to be Resident Evil games, which yeah, is bad. I, that, that's, a, that's a problem when your name is Resident Evil, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I guess I've never really thought about that way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, might, I might go back to yeah. six and uh, keep that under advisement. We also had a bunch of trailers. We're not going to go through all of them. Um, no. How did you feel about Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition? Were you excited? I love it. Uh, 4 Special Edition was a treat. Uh, what I saw of Virgil in 5, that's exactly what I wanted. I remember finishing 5 and going like, uh, we're going to be able to play as Virgil sometime. I expected it to be a DLC, uh-huh. but I'm not horribly surprised it's a separate standalone product. Yeah, I thought um, that you'd be excited about that because I know that you're a big fan. Yes, absolutely. It looks amazing. Virgil looks really, really good. The fact that they tie some of Virgil's gameplay into V looks awesome. Yeah, there's there's a there. Did you see the sequence where he stabs himself and V comes out and it looks yeah. like that's a gameplay thing? Yeah, that looks, looks bizarre cool. to me. That looks super cool. Yeah, I actually haven't played uh, DMC five, so I do need to get onto that because I like I'm not a huge fan of the series, but I really appreciate it and I I do enjoy playing them. And yeah. from all accounts, five is really good. So five is really good. Um, can recommend. Does an amazing twist that I don't know how many people can appreciate if they didn't play four. Hmm. Um. A twist that involves setup, expectation, menus, controls. You know, a meta twist, Oh, that's I cool. would say. So once you get through it, I'll explain what they actually did. Yep, yep. Um, okay, yeah. that sounds good. So, um, hmm. Deathloop, which looks... I am so into what it's showing. I don't know if the game's going to be good because half the time you can't really tell if it's gameplay or if it's just yeah, concept. It, it, its tone is unique. Its gameplay looks generic. Yeah, exactly. But if the tone yeah. carries it through, like, I'm down for that. Like, yeah. it doesn't look sure. like it's going to be, like, a 30-hour game. So if it's, like, you know, a tight 6 to 10-hour 
cool experience in that world like i'm down for some generic gameplay yeah the only concern um, is do, do you think it's, it's gonna all, be full price yeah it's bethesda and it'll mm. yeah it will be so that's that's the thing i'm not sure about i what i've seen so far doesn't convince me it's a full price title or worthy of being a full price title yeah yeah i guess um, we'll see exactly. I'd, I'd i'd actually prefer it be like a you know slightly cheaper 60 um 60 aussie 40 us game um and it only being three or four hours yeah i think yeah. would serve it better I'd be totally down but, with that. But I think you're right. It's going to be a 6 to 10. It's going to be full priced. And we'll see how it goes. Yeah. We saw Demon Souls 4K, which is Demon Souls at 4K. I was uh, utterly bored by that entire presentation. Yeah. It's like, cool. Anyway. Blue Point does an amazing job. Blue Point does an amazing job. It looks amazing. That series is not about graphics, though. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, yep. We had Oddworld, which Andy's working on. Good job, Andy. Mm-hmm. And then we actually saw Hogwarts Legacy, which has been rumored for, a, I feel like, a decade at this point. Avalanche Studios have been working on this. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I, I don't mind Harry Potter. It looked really great. Like, I was kind of surprised how just it awesome good. it looked. Um, yep. I don't really know what the game is, though. Um, like, they showed parts that looked to be gameplay, and you're like, you're doing some wizardry. But I don't know, like, is it an action? Is it a looter? Is it, like, an adventure? Like, I'm not entirely sure what it is, but it looks to be kind of cool. From what I've gleaned of it, which is literally only that trailer, you have Hogwarts as your kind of base of operation, so you can train up and you can do, like, leveling up and stuff like that. And then you have going out into the world for instances and going to specific locations and being able to do... I'm thinking Skyrim-style dungeons, you know, like, nothing overly complex but like long sequences of encounters that you can uh use the skills that you trained up in Hogwarts in like quote unquote real world scenarios you know it'd be really that's cool what if you did like. something like that like where you're you're getting your party like it's kind of like monster hunter you're like getting all mm. your trinkets all your your yeah. um potions that you need you're eating your yeah. food and then you go out and then it's kind of like a destiny raid where you have to work yeah. your way out yeah. through the dungeon like that's the game that yeah. i would totally sign up for monster hunter is actually a very apt comparison that is exactly what i was kind of seeing from yeah. what i saw of that uh, i do not envy the devs um for this game i think that i i don't like the harry potter series as a disclaimer um mm-hmm. And one of my issues with it is that it has no structure. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see where the game of this comes from because there is no structure to the Harry Potter magic system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no such thing as mana. So, like, you just do things. And that's one of the problems of all the older Harry Potter games on the PS1, PS2, etc. Like, there were Harry Potter games for every single book, multiple Harry Potter games per book sometimes. And all of them really struggle with, like, where is the challenge of this game, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's this is set, like, 100 or 200 years 100 before. 100 years before. So yeah. they could probably put, it gets work to in play some with the world chlorian bullshit in there or something. Yeah. You know? And it looks like they're exploring a lot of magic fantasy stuff outside of just wizards. Like, they're, magic, they're exploring the fantastical beasts aspect of it a bit yeah. more. Yeah, yeah which will give them a lot more meat to work with as opposed to just other wizards because I think wizards are the boring part as far as enemies go in Harry Potter world. The other thing that Sony announced and kind of showed off was the PlayStation Plus collection. Uh, If you sign up to PlayStation Plus on your PS5, you're going to get a collection of the best of the best on PS4, 
uh, Monster Hunter Worlds in there, uh, Final Fantasy 15, Persona 5, like a bunch of games, all really great games. Um, mm-hmm. But this kind of, there are two reasons why this doesn't sit super well. Uh, one is this is kind of their their answer to Game Pass and like mm-hmm. it's about the same price uh, for for Game Pass as it is for PlayStation Plus. And when you're comparing 200 games to a handful, granted, very, very good games, that's kind of a bit eh. But it also was the way that they essentially confirmed that there is no backwards compatibility on this console. None. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just like, you know, PS3 and PS2, which would be the dream to play, you know, all the way back like the Xbox has done in, in this generation. Uh, but you can't even throw in your PS4 discs, which the PS4 has been around for a long time. People have built up a huge library on that console, whether it be physical or digital. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like they're just not going to work and they don't have the, oh, it's different architecture argument to hide behind anymore. So I think personally, like as someone who doesn't play, I I very rarely go back and play games. So backwards compatibility to me doesn't matter. I don't care, but I know that there's a lot of people that really do. And I do think Mm. that, when Microsoft has come out being so consumer-friendly on that front to the point where they're yep. like, hey, we have Xbox One, like, original Xbox games on our Game mm-hmm. Pass service, and then you have Sony being like, we're going to give you, like, 10. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't feel like a very friendly uh, consumer-facing solution at all. It it absolutely... I mean, it absolutely isn't, and Sony hasn't been consumer-friendly ever since the launch of the PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of this is, like, very obvious when, like, in their conferences, they don't have a human face on it anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, in this review, in this this showcase, because it was a showcase, not a conference, there wasn't... The, the, there were humans, but only from dev studios. We got one short speech in from someone at Sony towards the end. Um, whereas Microsoft is still trying to put a human angle on a lot of things. Sony doesn't care yeah. about that kind of angle anymore. Uh, so one of the reasons, I believe that um the number of options available to you to to backwards com- like to be able to backwards play is so limited quote unquote backwards play mm-hmm. um is image yeah i think that while microsoft has gone for we are an everywhere everyone console sony is trying to have the ps5 still be elite yeah yeah i agree it's with the that. gamers console you would play it for exclusives and all our games are gonna look good because every game that you can get on there looks good. Yep. Last of Us Remastered, Devil May Cry, Final Fantasy 50. They're all games that pushed the envelope in terms of how a game looks on the PS4 um, at the time of release. So a lot of this feels to me like image preservation because they don't want to open the floodgates to all the indies that were on PS4, PS3, and PS2. Yep, That's that, what it feels like. That makes sense to me. Yeah, which I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying yeah, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's just not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah that, that, that's my only kind of reasoning for it, for why they don't want to have it just be like, yeah, you can chuck in your PlayStation 4 disc. I, I 100% am behind them on why they you can't just put in a PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 2 disc. Yeah. Because they cannot. They cannot just play it. Yeah. It would be software-side emulation. Exactly. At best. Exactly. So I completely understand that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They don't have architecture to hide behind. Uh, literally, this generation is only faster and better and stronger than the previous one. It, it sits on the same architecture and uh, hardware-wise, nothing they've said indicates that this should be a problem. Yeah. It's like, so, it's one of those things that it's like, there is no reason why they couldn't do it. They just didn't choose correct. to do it. I That's what I believe, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and, and we could be and we could be wrong. Like a very important thing here, we could be wrong. Yeah, we we don't know what goes in the R and D labs. Yeah. Yeah. There there might be a very good hardware reason why they can't be backwards compatible, but nothing they've revealed indicates that there is one. Yeah. And like at the conclusion of this, um, it's it's rather telling as someone who is an idiot and always goes out uh, ever since I turned 18, I've bought every console that's come out on launch day. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in buying either of these consoles um, at all. Uh, the PS5, yep. for me, they they did nothing there to tell me, hey, I want to go get this right now. There's no game that's mm-hmm. coming out at launch where I'm like, I need to have that. The one that I was interested in is coming to PS4, which is the Miles Morales thing. So it's just a bit like, why am I going to outlay all that money in an economically uh, irresponsible time to do that? I'm just not going to. I'm going to wait. And on the other side, Microsoft have come out with their consoles, but they don't necessarily want me to buy their consoles. To them, it doesn't matter if I do or don't. And it's by design that I'm not buying their console because everything that they offer is available to me on PC via their Game Pass service. So I'm yep. a subscribe to that. So they've actually won my business and they've they've done their job. I don't yep. think there will be many people out there who uh, have a gaming PC uh, who are then going to justify buying an Xbox Series X. They may buy a mm. Series S so they have something S. powerful on their TV, but I also feel like there are so many solutions like I plug a Surface Pro into my TV and just use stream a Steam in-home mm-hmm. streaming, and that works fine mm-hmm. for 99% of the games, and it's just like using a console anyway. So, like, it's kind of weird because I love new consoles, and I love that these new consoles are coming out, and I want to touch mm-hmm. them, and I want to play with them, but I honestly can't justify that cash right now, especially mm-hmm. right now. And then with Sony also releasing things like Horizon Zero Dawn recently on PC and saying, hey, this is really successful, we want to do this more, I'm just going to hold off and see how mm-hmm. how they make good on that promise because if most of the tentpole exclusives come there, then I'm not going to pay to get into that ecosystem again. Yep. Let's talk about the price of consoles very quickly. Yeah. And how not, like, yes, what Microsoft is doing is very consumer-friendly, but it's also very Microsoft-friendly. Uh, I don't know how many people out there realize this. Consoles sell at a loss. Yeah, always, if, right? If, if, yeah, if, if not very, very little gain. I believe the PS4 individual units of it sold at a loss for a year, something like that. So the way this works is that the longer the console is in production, the lower the cost price of each individual unit becomes. And eventually, they will start making small amounts of money. But all, of cons- all console manufacturers go into the, the race and the business understanding that hardware is a loss. And you get consoles into the hands of consumers cheap because then they feel compelled to buy your games, which is where you earn a gigantic buttload of money. Yeah, yeah, that's they, they make it up on the back end, basically. And so, you know, there was a lot of speculation of, oh, did Sony pull their prices down based on uh, Microsoft's initial price point for the Xboxes? That's absolutely possible. Sony would happily take a hit of up to $100 US per unit if it meant moving more units. Because then more games get sold, more yeah. peripheries get sold. Like their, I, you know, their controllers must earn them a lot of money because there's no way the controllers cost that much. Yeah, um, absolutely right. So, yeah, it's not exactly in Microsoft's best interest to move billions of units of Xboxes. Uh, it's in their best interest for everyone to be on the Game Pass. 
Yeah, and I think the in what you said with um, Sony potentially coming out lower, like all of the rumors were pointing yeah. to, it was going to be much higher. I do believe that Microsoft getting ahead of them definitely caused some ripples that. there because yeah. unlike last generation, it does feel like both consoles, like the X and the Five, are kind mm. of on the same ground, other than the way that they look. They're, they're both yeah. they're almost the same power. Um, they both have the NVMe drives, which is the big technology that both platforms yep. are pushing. Uh, yep. So unlike last time where it was like, oh, this thing has no games and they want us to play online always. Uh, no, screw Microsoft. Like there isn't that yeah. this time. So I think mm. there would have been, um, th- th- there was a big chance for them to lose a lot of business if they did come out the gate and be like, ah, oh, it's five ninety nine for the, and for the mm-hmm. discless. Uh, then people just yeah. like, well, I'll just buy the S because it's almost as good and it's, quarter of the price so there was another thing that happened um there was, was another thing which that was, happened. yeah there's just so much going on right now and that was the nintendo uh direct or the partner showcase uh it was a sort of 20 to 30 minute showcase of third 15. party development 15 minutes 15 oh, i was even shorter. i was, I was awake for this yeah it was 15 minutes of the nintendo direct and 15 minutes of the capcom ah that's right yeah they showcase. split that out so they yeah, did for for fifteen minutes, they dropped a lot of like a lot in, of stuff, oh, a lot of stuff, and a lot of good stuff. So we yeah. we we found out that uh, Hades and the Long Dark and Ori and the Will, Ori, of, the Wisps Will of the Wisps were not only coming to the Nintendo Switch, but they came out that day, so they're all available right now. Um, all of those are fantastic games. We had some Ori other- came out with a collector's edition. Yep, there you go. Um, we also, which before we move on, how just. Weird and just wonderful is it that Microsoft flagship games are coming out on the Switch and are doing well over there, right? Like, yeah. that's amazing. Moon Studios is not an, a small indie company by any stretch, but they're also not big enough to normally warrant the kind of collector's edition as well. Yeah, that came because that's a that's a that's a big collector's edition with like tons of artwork and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's going to get a lot of love. Um, yeah, for sure, it's fantastic to see. Um, yeah, fit- yeah, absolutely. Fitness Boxing Two's coming out, um, which that looks you know, weird. It looks weird, but Nintendo have been doing a lot of these home fitness things during the COVID uh, pandemic. So they that's do, actually kind of cool. This is out of house, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is true, but um, more so they're putting a focus on. Oh yeah, we have some of these health mm. games. Remember, you guys liked Wii Fit. Remember that. Remember that. We can't uh, do the balance well, board, but Ring Fit worked pretty well. Yeah, well, I think that thing's still out of stock, right? Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> Ring Fit has been working very well, and a lot of that is the current year and the current. Yeah, you know, they also did that jump rope thing, which you know, as basic as it was, it, at least here in Japan, that definitely took off pretty, pretty yeah, hardcore. Sure. Um, we had Disgaea Six, Defiance of Destiny announced, and in my understanding, is it's it's a different game type, like it's more three D. I've never played this series, so no, no. Nothing indicates that to me. It looks uh, like the same Disgaea. Okay, so I'm just misinformed. All I know is that people seem very excited about this. Um, it, it has more 3D. So one of the things is that Disgaea was still sprite-based. Yeah. But they may be having 3D models now. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, but I believe the gameplay still looks the same to me. It's still going to be turn-based, tile-based. Yeah, it seems like the gameplay is not changing, but uh, I was reading that the player model perspective and stuff seems to be different. Um, Possibly. They showed a lot of uh, cutscene attacks. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, we also had, uh, well, we'll finish on this one because it's the, it's the biggest piece. There are two Monster Hunter games. And as our as our resident Monster Hunter expert, I'll I'll let you, <laughs> you you drive it. Oh sure, Monster Hunter Rise will be the big one. So let's cover Monster Hunter Stories Two first. Monster Hunter Stories Two is an RPG set in Monster Hunter world where you don't actually play as a hunter; you play as a monster rider. You carry the role of someone who is trying to like live more harmoniously with monsters, which is something that honestly even the main games talk a lot about uh, a lot about a lot. Um, a, lo- a big goal of your entire party in Monster Hunters is the balance of the ecosystem. You may hunt monsters, but that's because something is forcing an imbalance and you're trying to fix it. And Monster Hunter Stories 2 looks to be something kind of similar. Something is driving some monsters crazy. But instead of going out and like hunting down the source of it, you make monster friends and you Pokemon your way to victory. Yeah, now this is kind of what it looks like. The first game never came out in Australia, right? It was just a Japanese and then it only released in the US. Never heard of this title. Never heard of this series before. Oh, right. So uh, Monster Hunter Stories, yeah. Yeah, uh, it came out in Japan. I do know that. And yeah. then I'm fairly yeah. certain it got a US release, but that was it. Maybe a Europe. Sure. I know for sure it never made it to Australia. So do you know I've never touched years, it. years, roughly? Um, how old? How it was a 3DS was title. Okay, not so, that long. Ago. Yeah, so a um, maximum yeah, of it's eight a 3DS to 10 years. exclusive. Yeah, and I guess we'll talk about Monster Hunter Rise. It's an interesting one. A lot of people have been very down on it already because it looks worse than World. Well, it's running on the Switch. Of course, it looks worse than World. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the important point here is that Monster Hunter is going back to mobile. I think that's really the thing. Yes, it's coming to a full fledged console. Yes, the Switch is a full fledged console. No, the Switch is not powerful as the PS4. Yeah, exactly. Right. I I hate to break it to you. The Switch is just not a something you could hold in your hands is not going to be more powerful than the PS4. Yet. Um guess yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the Switch came out only half a cycle after the PS4. Yeah. Um so it, it it's not surprising that it doesn't live up to the graphical fidelity of World. Um uh, but at the same time, the team didn't try to really push World's uh, graphical identity onto Rise, they tried to push a more cartoony Nintendo look on it, which I think works very well. I actually don't think it looks bad at all. There are going to be frame drops. That's normal uh, for... Especially if the Switch is going to be held in handheld mode, which is going to be the model they're going after because Monster Hunter's always been a mobile game. As in, like, handheld game, I should say. Mobile implies phone. You know, it was a PSP game, it was a 3DS game, um, and now it's going to be a Switch game. So the big question is, how much of World's lessons and quality of life are they going to carry over? It looks like it's going to be a lot. I yeah. don't know how much. They from, haven't said everything, but... From my perspective, yeah. it looked to me, and I don't know if this was just because it was more um, the visual style... Um, but it did look to me to be sort of that midway point between something like yeah. Monster Hunter Generations, which is the older style yeah. of Monster Hunter game, and Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think if that is the case, I'm very interested to see, yeah, what are those quality of life things that come across mm. from World? Because there are many people out there who at least claim not to like World, probably because they're being hipsters. But, oh, it took away all of these like micromanagey awesome parts that I love for this series, and I've toiled away learning and you've taken that sure. away from me. So I do wonder, yeah. I hope that uh, they don't throw it 
all the way back to that old all school way. style. Um, no. But uh, I do think that the format of that older thing, uh, older style fits onto the Switch well because um, I've played a bit of Generations on there. Uh, mm. I feel like World... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't played enough of the series to really say this, but I, I feel like in my head mm. playing World on a Switch out and about with my friends does isn't as conducive as the shorter sort of um, the numbered area hunts uh, that... Yep. That I that you can play on the go on generations. Uh, generations, for instance, and that's that's the thing that's already not going to be in Rise. Rise already has a fully connected world. Yeah, right. So it's going to be it's, more it's like one. World. It's one map. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't even understand what world introduced that wasn't in the old stuff. Well, you know? yeah, world was such a a whirlwind for people who had never played. Uh, like, I mean, if yeah. I hadn't have been assigned uh, Monster Hunter, try. I think it was on the mm. Wii U um, mm. back when I was working at Game Informer, I never would have played the series before World. And I think that's the case yep. for a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, World is the only Monster Hunter I've played. I've never played any of the older ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from what I understand, World introduced the seamless world, hence why it's called Monster Hunter World. And um, Turf Wars. I think Turf Wars is completely new to Monster Hunter World as well, which adds a huge level of dynamism to the world, in my opinion, where monsters actually interact with the environment, and it really does feel a bit more like you're an outsider, a human, mm-hmm. treading into nature, and, like, watching these monsters and, like, observing them, and, and well, in honesty, the later Turf Wars staying the hell away from them when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think they're, they're taking a lot of the, like, make-the-world-feel-alive stuff from mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World, and how much minutia comes back in? Who knows? Yeah, it's um, going to be interesting. The tail end of this was when people were complaining about the graphical prowess yeah. shown in that trailer. There have been rumors yeah. long for a long time now, for over a year, that there is going to be a Switch Pro. And we just found mm-hmm. out last week that Nintendo have actually asked developers to start getting their games 4K ready. Uh, mm-hmm. So it does seem like there's going to be some sort of update now there are big rumors uh swirling that it's going to be a docked only console um Mm -hmm. which would you know leverage that although i don't think you can really call it a a switch pro if you can't switch it um so i don't know like there's just there's no concrete evidence out there except that they are asking developers to get to 4k ready so then that begs the question are we seeing a version of this that is for the current switch models which is what the majority of the fan base will have when rise is out mm-hmm. um is there room for it to scale um yep. which normally you would say no like yes it would look nicer and the resolution will be a little bit better but given the time that we're in where xbox is doing a lot of this scaling and has been even this generation with the xbox one x uh who knows mm-hmm. maybe nintendo are thinking about this making their games in interesting ways that basically on the back end are just ticking a lot of graphical interface boxes to make it look pretty um uh world has a texture update that you yes, can apply on does. PC. Yeah. Which I think improves it by a fair amount. Yeah, it's a significant update. Yeah. And it's a gigantic update as well. It adds like the size of the game itself back onto the game again. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. That um, I downloaded that while I was still in Australia. It took like a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think that the most important thing about the Switch Pro for Rise will just be the solid frame rate. Yeah. Like, that's what you want when you play a Monster Hunter game. You want it to be just yeah, like, like solid. People who talk about resolution and all that, uh, I don't know what they're... I don't see that, so I can't really speak to that angle. But 
frame rate being unsteady sucks. Yeah. Uh, it the the general consensus tends to be if you can't hold solid sixty, don't let it fluctuate between thirty to sixty. Cap it at thirty. You know, like yeah, hundred percent. That tends to give a better gameplay experience. I mean, so even even on the games with my Xbox One X, like they have the performance mode or they have um, mm. you know graphics mode. And yeah, graphics. Yeah, performance every time because I want you always take performance. 60. Yeah, yeah. Most most players will take performance. Yeah. I understand uh, that the want and need for the best looking game, and I used to be definitely like that when I was a, a younger gamer for sure. Uh, when I was mm. building a lot of high end PCs back then, but now like I don't, like graphics are important to me, but they're definitely not even in the top five anymore. Like I would yeah. rather a game, game that feels. looks like trash that runs at sixty and has amazing mechanics. Then you feels know, good, right? Yeah. yeah. Then draw jaw dropping like Nathan Drake running at twenty five frames or something, you know. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I'll say about Rise is, people also have to remember Monster Hunter World is Capcom's best selling title. Capcom is a huge company with an amazing lineage of games. Monster Hunter World is their best selling title. I believe World Baseline was over eight million copies. Yeah. I think Rise is only in a position to lose them sales. Yeah, I think for me, if I'm Capcom, I'm using Rise as a way to make it up, and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see right now, uh, mm-hmm. to the people who felt like World kind of threw away some of the um, mm-hmm. the core reason that they play Monster Hunter, um, yep. but gives them room to experiment because they know that it's not going to hit that, especially because it's also just a Switch-only title. Um, but also gives them room to experiment with stuff that they might want to include in uh, a world game. And because it's not Monster Hunter World 2, and that's the way that they've sold it to the community, World is a different type of Monster Hunter game. Hopefully it Mm -hmm. allows them to play around with that and sort of really nail something special for when they do return to that well, which surely they will. It's very important for people to remember that World is a huge departure. When Capcom announced World, they said, we may never make another game like World. Yeah. With how successful it's been, it's unlikely that that's, you know, they're they're going to use that formula again, whether or not it's World 2 or whether or not it's going to be Rise. Maybe it's Rise. Rise may just be a direct spiritual successor. Who knows? Yeah. It's going to be uh, at this point. It's going to be interesting. But yeah, they I think they're only in a position to lose sales because I don't think they're going to top the Going onto the Switch does open up a bigger market except not, right? Like you're comparing a PC. Yeah. Exactly. You're not really going to be getting that much bigger, especially because the base Monster Hunter community wasn't that big in the first place. So yeah, something to keep out, keep an eye out for, and important to note that Capcom stands to lose a lot from this potentially, but also Capcom's been doing very well with their game decisions recently. Yeah, they've um, they've been hitting it out of the park for a company that kind okay. of was hit and miss for such a long time. It's nice to see them keep punching above their weight. Three years ago, Capcom announced that they had. Fifty thousand US dollars to their name, and that's it. Yeah, they were like they—they they, they were like three months away from bankruptcy, effectively, like something like that. Yeah, it was an absurd time, and then and then world dropped. I believe. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had world. So, we've had the Resident Evil remakes, which RE2 is one of the best games of that year. RE3 is mm-hmm. solid, even though I don't particularly like it that much. It's solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Monster Hunter World, like they—they they just keep hitting. Devil May Cry Five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that's that's a wrap for the news, uh, and what a week it has been. Went a bit long. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> went a bit long, but that's because there's been a lot of news. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we won't we won't jump around too much on what we're playing, especially because this is the first episode and we just want to get it out there. Next week on Twitch, I will be streaming a lot of Hades. Uh, Hades is out. I haven't played it since the first early access build because I played it back then and loved it. And I was like, I want to wait and play the full thing. So I'm going to be doing a fair bit of that and also trying to finish Spelunky. Cannot finish Spelunky. Spelunky haunts my dreams and I got so close uh, and it, uh, I love it. I hate it. I can't play Spelunky 2 till I finish Spelunky 1 because I'm an idiot. I said that on stream. So that's okay. going to be me. Um, yeah. Blue, I know what you've been playing, but do you want to tell the folks at home? I'm playing a lot of Heroes of Hammer Watch oh. and Magic. Magic the Gathering Arena. Oh, Heroes of Hammer Watch is so good and I want to do an entire episode on that game. Heroes of Hammer Watch is a good game. Um, it, it's very unassuming in its looks and it's fun it's just fun look back to game feel it doesn't look amazing oh. but it feels good to play. every trailer for that game every screenshot i'm like i don't really want to play this <laughs> like this is it yeah, it looks thing. really dull like even its color palette doesn't look very exciting yeah and then um, i i played it and i just want to play it at all times <laughs> mm, mm. it's easy um, to sink your teeth into yeah but we will talk about that and some other games more in the next episode do you want to give a plug for your other amazing podcast Sure. Uh, I've actually taken a short hiatus due to personal and health reasons from yeah. Platforms and Pitfalls. However, Platforms and Pitfalls is a design podcast that I'm on that releases monthly. And um, even while I'm gone, my co-host um, has lined up some very interesting topics coming up that uh, I hope people go and check out. Like, I believe there's going to be a... Uh, I'm not sure if it's the next one, but there's going to be an episode on... I don't know if you know what this... Uh, the, the viewers will know what this means, but I think you will. The Fabula Nova Crystallis series that never was. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because once upon a time, Square Enix decided we're going to go in on a Final Fantasy again and we're going to make it last a decade. And that was supposed to be 13. And that didn't happen. They they called it all the Fabula Nova Crystallis and it's a, it's a crazy mishmash of ideas. And uh, at some point it's going to come out soon, so uh keep an eye out for that if that sounds interesting awesome and obviously i'm over on twitch.tv slash pixels for breakfast i stream every monday wednesday and thursday also youtube dropping a video version of this a much abridged video version of this podcast uh over there along with game reviews every week and uh yeah that's that's it that's the first episode done blue i think it's all right we'll get better all right we'll get better not horrible, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. And like, I'm, yeah. I'm five minutes late for my stream, so that's why we're wrapping up yeah. nice and early. All right, thank you, All everyone. Right. Make sure that you uh, tell your friends and family and pets about this show. And always remember to pixelate your breakfast. See you next time. Bye-bye.